It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free top of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? And welcome to episode number 1006 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, August the 16th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. And you can find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. You can also find the podcast now on YouTube. You can see me now if you're watching on YouTube. Thank you for being here. If you are listening to the podcast version, all the power to you, but there is an option. Of course, if you go to YouTube and search up Lockdown Raptors, you'll be able to find the show, subscribe, and support the show in video form. It's very exciting. I happen to have no voice today on the very first YouTube episode, which is unfortunate. Uh, I was screaming at a concert last night, which uh, in hindsight was maybe not the best idea, but that's okay because most of today's show was recorded on Friday morning with a wonderful guest. It is Leonard Hamilton, the head coach of the Florida State Seminoles, of course, was the head coach of Scotty Barnes at Florida State during his freshman season, his one and only college season this past year. And we talked to Leonard all about Scotty Barnes, got to know what kind of makes him tick as a person, what's going to be what drives him in the NBA and how is he going to adapt to NBA life? Does he have the sort of makeup to make the improvements he's going to have to make to make good on the number four overall pick potential? It was a really great chat. Had a wonderful time talking to Leonard. It was great. And there's uh, lots of good Scotty Barnes nuggets in there. That's coming up in segments two and three. To start, though, we should quickly hit on Summer League over the weekend. I was at a family get-together on Saturday, so I missed the game, but I did catch a bunch of highlights, multiple highlights. I watched all the Scotty Barnes highlights about nine times over. The Toronto Raptors moved to three and one in summer league with an 80 to 79 comeback win over the Charlotte Hornets on Saturday down in Vegas. And it was a pretty exciting one. You know, you got Scotty Barnes doing Scotty Barnes things, which apparently are a thing that we're getting to know. And, and it's a pretty, pretty exciting thing to see. He had 23 points in the game. He was, you know, kind of the reason they ended up coming back in this one. And you saw a lot of the stuff that, you know, it's not going to all be there from day one with Scotty Barnes, but you saw a lot of the reasons why the Raptors were very happy to bet on him big with the fourth overall pick. He's an insane defender, just an absurd, monstrous defender who's going to be a good NBA defender from day one. That is very, very evident when you watch him play. And then the stuff in the half court, the stuff on the run, the offensive side of the ball, again, there's fits and starts. There's going to be misses here. The free throw percentage needs to come up for sure. But when you look at the just sort of 
vision that he has, the basketball IQ he clearly has, that's stuff I'm willing to bank on and bet that that's going to turn into, you know, a more sort of well-rounded, fluid player. There's a lot to work with there with Scotty Barnes. And it was wonderful to see him show out after, you know, a not so impressive game in their game against the Rockets. He only had eight points. He was like two of eight from the field, something like that. Um, you know, he had the five blocks, which of course he's going to bring because he's an insane defender. But it was nice to see Scotty Barnes kind of show out. And we saw another guy to show out in Precious Achua who was, again, fantastic for the Raptors in Summer League. He's proving to be very much a guy who is going to be part of the team this season in a very big way. He had 18 points and 8 of 14 shooting. He had six boards as well. He, you know, he's not taking the threes all the time. You know, I think that, as I noted on Friday's podcast, is maybe more of a sort of summer league anomaly that they'll maybe work on in the coming years. It's not going to be something to get excited about in the first year of a chew with the Raptors, but the athleticism, the running the floor, the fact that he can kind of switch on to anybody. And, you know, I, I think there might be some fears out there. He's only six foot eight. I think there's some fears maybe that the Raptors are, not, are just going to go into this season again, kind of punting on the center position. I don't think that's entirely fair. I think Ken Birch is a totally, you know, adequate center to have. If, if he's your starter, if he's your backup, whatever he is, if he's playing 25 minutes a game for you, I don't think that's a problem. And I think we saw a lot of exciting things with Ken Birch. And with Precious Achua, as your backup center, you could do a lot worse. You know, the fact that he can play the Raptors defensive system, there won't be a drop off from Birch to Achua when you go from the starters to the reserves, or maybe Achua starts by year's end. I don't know, but there's not going to be a drop off. There's not going to be an adjustment in terms of how the Raptors have to play when Achua comes into the game. And I think that's exciting. I think the fact that he is already kind of flashing some ball handling and some extra sort of supplementary playmaking. He's not going to run possessions for the Raptors at all this season. He's going to be the low man on the totem pole most of the time. But if he's running some possessions here and there, you know, a little improvised pick and roll with another big, something like that, that's something you can dream on. That's something you can get excited about this season. And also, he seems to be developing a bit of chemistry with Malachi Flynn. And that's going to be critical. We saw so often last year, the Raptors bench lineups, the Raptors lineups in general, when they had traditional centers on the floor, there was no connection, no you know symmetry between the point guard and the big in a lot of cases. Kyle Lowry tried his damnedest to get Aaron Baines paid. It didn't work out because Aaron Baines refused to catch balls. And I don't think we're going to see that being the problem with Birch and DeChua. We saw Birch at the end of the season with you know some nice pick and roll chemistry already with Lowry and Flynn and Fred, Fred Van Vliet. Obviously, Lowry's gone, but Having that chemistry with Van Vliet and Flynn is going to be essential. Drogic as well, you'd figure it would be a guy who can come in and you know create chemistry with a big. He's already played with Precious Achua before, so there's a bit of an edge there if Drogic is, in fact, on the team. It's pretty exciting stuff to, to know that Achua is going to be there, and he's not just some throw-in to the trade. He's like an actual piece that you can envision being in the rotation for the team when they're really good again, whether it's as a, a fifth man or an eighth man, I don't know, but I can guarantee you they're pretty excited in Toronto looking at Precious Achua, the six foot eight dude who can dribble and play every position defensively. That is something to be very happy about. He very much fits the vision for the team, vision six foot nine, all of that. And I think that's really fun. The other guy I want to hit on here before my voice completely uh, tapers out and we get to the Leonard Hamilton shot, uh, chat is Freddie Gillespie. So. Look, it's been rough for Freddie Gillespie. Another bad game for him in this one against the Hornets. Just 16 minutes played, two of six from the field, minus 13, five boards, had a block in there, uh, just four points on the board. And look, it's tough because 
we haven't seen a lot of Freddie Gillespie, and this is kind of the life for a guy in the fringes of the NBA where one bad stretch in any context, whether it's summer league, whether it is when you're at uh, you know training camp preseason in the middle of the season, if you're on a 10-day contract, one bad spell can end your career in a lot of cases. It's the unfortunate reality of being on the fringes of the league. But I don't know if I'm like fully in on the, oh, Freddie can't be on the roster train, which kind of seems to be a sentiment that's growing after seeing him in Summer League where he's just looked totally out of sorts. Look, I don't think that you're looking at Freddie Gillespie as anything more than a third big long term. I think the fact that he doesn't really have an offensive game, he's mostly just putbacks at this point. I don't know if you're going to be able to massage more offensive utility out of him. He doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to shoot. He doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to be able to handle the ball. So he is really going to be dependent on if he can become like a, a dive man, which he has not shown a propensity for. And if he can't do anything on offense, then maybe there is no sense in having him on the roster. But I also think judging a guy based on four summer league games is probably not the best thing to do. We already have a larger sample of him playing NBA games, albeit in garbage time of the season this year, of Freddie Gillespie being pretty good and being capable and passable and able to play reserve minutes and not sewer you because he can rebound and because he's a pretty solid defender. He seems to have some burgeoning rim protection chops that he's been working on so far in summer league as well. And I wonder if maybe to sort of take a step back, cool down the Freddie Gillespie criticism train and just kind of wait for the preseason to come, see how the roster's shaking out. You know, there's the sentiment that if he's not on the, not, not playing well, then you know, he doesn't really, you know, show out beyond what he did in the summer league in the preseason that he's not going to make the team. And that might be true. And maybe there are better center options out there to fulfill in and be a third big. But I think if you're going into the season with a center rotation of Kem Birch and Precious Achua, you want to have at least one other guy on the roster who you know can do something. And maybe that's not Freddie Gillespie. Maybe it's some sort of outside hire they bring in to replace Gillespie. That's entirely possible. But I would hold off on the, oh, Gillespie's done with the team you know, sentiment after Summer League because it's not entirely a representative sample. It's weird. He's coming off the bench. He's clearly not the focus of the team. He's clearly behind Achua and Barnes and Flynn in terms of the importance and the desire for the team to get them reps and run and touches. So, you know, it's a tough environment for a guy like that. And if he's not kind of playing at his best and there's a, a bad spell, he's going to look particularly bad because he doesn't do a whole lot on offense, you know, to be able to kind of bail himself out. So I would just say hold off on like dooming Freddie Gillespie to missing the team right now. Wait till preseason comes around. Maybe he surprises. Maybe he comes in and there's not like an obvious guy to take his roster spot and he can slide in as the 13th, 14th man and the third big on the team. And that's a perfectly fine option until something better comes along. But uh, that's kind of all I got on Summer League. I, I will be watching the Tuesday game against the Brooklyn Nets to close out Summer League. That should be exciting. Looking forward to more Scotty Barnes. Of course, Cameron Thomas on the Nets is going crazy in Summer League. That's pretty fun. So we'll have you... Uh, all covered for that on Wednesday's podcast here on YouTube, of course. Uh, before now, we get to the chat with Leonard Hamilton of the Florida State Seminoles. He's been a longtime coach there, turning out NBA players left, right, and center, lottery picks left, right, and center. Uh, I do want to tell you about a couple of wonderful sponsors here on today's show. First up, it is Sweat Block. Look, I'm a sweaty guy. You will probably see at some point on this YouTube show, as gross as it might be, that I'm a sweaty guy. But guess what? Sweatblock is in the mail. It's coming to my house, and I'm not so worried about it anymore because Sweatblock is all about making it so you don't have to be embarrassed by excessive sweating. 
I've dealt with this when you speak in public, when you're on television, like I am sometimes, it's really difficult because you got to like choose your shirts carefully. You got to be worried about, oh, is that orange going to be too revealing of what's, uh, what the stains are going to be underneath? You have to worry about it all the time. It's a constant inconvenience. And that's why I use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, and next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guarantee they have a dry shirt guarantee that's an incredible thing it's an it feels like it's too good to be true i know what you're saying you're like there's no way this is going to work but guess what i literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week and it keeps me dry the whole time no more pitting out no more picking my shirts based on which one will hide sweat better if you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. That get it today. It's for twenty percent off at sweatblock.com with the promo code Locked On or at Amazon or CVS. Today's show is also brought to you by Indeed, which if you're hiring for a job, this is the place you should be using because managers are always asking, how do they find the the best you know, person for the job? What do I what am I going to do? This applies to hiring for the workplace, hiring for basketball teams, whatever it is. You want the best candidates with the best qualifications. When hiring get hard gets hard, you need indeed the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract interview and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even interviewing. Just, don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools will help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are, are on Indeed at the moment you post a sponsored job. That is incredible. It's just working for you at all times. Join the 3 million built businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast and get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job at Indeed.com slash hangup, H-A-N-G-U-P, all one word. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash hangup, Indeed.com slash hangup, offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get to it now. My chat with Leonard Hamilton, the head coach of the Florida State Seminoles, who has plenty of fun and kind and nice things to say about one Scotty Barnes. Enjoy. All right, joining me now here on Locked on Raptors, a very special guest. He's the head coach of the Florida State Seminoles, and so he was the head coach of Toronto Raptors' fourth overall pick, Scotty Barnes, this past year at Florida State. It is Leonard Hamilton here joining us on the show. Leonard How's it going? Thank you for being here and congrats on having a top five pick in Scotty Barnes this season. It's a fantastic accomplishment. What did it mean to you to see Scotty get picked so high? Well, I think Scotty is, is um, he represents that which is all clean, good and wholesome, you know, about the college experience. Uh, a kid that's eager, who's invested uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually into the basketball uh, world. It's mm -hmm. part of his life. He, he eats it, sleeps it and uh, he's a youngster that I, I think that people are going to fall in love with because of his enthusiasm, his love for the game, and his respect for the game. He's mm -hmm. coachable. Uh, he's a what you call a stat stuffer. He's a little different than I think maybe some of the older, more matured NBA players and the fact that, uh, that he's a pass-first guy. He has sure. an unselfish spirit. He plays. He, he's a stat stuffer. He does all the intangible things: the rebounds, the deflections, the steals, uh, the, the enthusiasm, uh, great locker room demeanor, uh, a, a competitive uh, practice player. Uh, and I think what you're gonna find that as he as he adjusts to the NBA game, which is gonna be an adjustment for a 19 year old guy that comes from 
a college environment where it's a little bit less ISO uh, dominated. I mean, the NBA has become more and more of an ISO type team and the guys who can make tough shots in college, we move the ball, we make the extra pass, we have more time on the shot clock, our defensive rules are different. So it would be an adjustment for, uh, for, for uh, a guy who's been in college for one year. But I think as he as he grows and understands and get adjusts to the system, I think what you're going to find is that he'll adjust and he'll be able to give whatever is needed of him in order to to affect the game. Yeah, and, and that's the thing I wanted to ask you about, Leonard. So your program is kind of known for not handing minutes out to freshmen just because they're highly touted, right? I mean, Scotty comes in; he's the sixth. Well, that, that's not really that's not really the, that's not really the case. I, I think that Fair. we've gotten because we're different, and because yeah. we, you know, we uh, we we have a deep rotation. Uh, mm-hmm. We're similar to uh, the old Boston Celtic teams. Right, right. You know, when they, uh, Don Havlicek was a Hall of Famer, but he was a sixth man. Uh, he was a guy who, they played a, a fast-paced offense. Uh, they were very aggressive on defense. And, and and I think that we a little bit, I, I took a page out of Red Auerbach's book. You know, <laughs> play with a lot of energy, play unselfish, uh, spread the ball, create uh, opportunity for each, for, for your teammates. And if you remember correctly, he won, I think it was nine straight NBA yeah. titles. <laughs> they were pretty and good, so yeah. <laughs> I'm not anywhere close to that, but I thought his system worked. And sure. I've taken jobs where I've needed to uh, – I've needed very much to uh, uh, have uh, a lot of energy and play with a lot of unselfishness. And I've uh, I've been in leagues. Uh, when I first joined, them, obviously, the Big Eight with Billy, Billy Tubbs and Larry Brown – uh, legends, uh, Hall of mm-hmm. Famers. I would go to the Big East with Connor Sucker and Bayheim and John Thompson and Calhoun. <laughs> uh, those guys uh, were legends. So I was building programs, and so it was easy for me to mm-hmm. develop that type of system, and it's worked very well for us. Yeah, so I guess that's my question about Scotty is, you know, you know that it's a different system, right? You know it's something where, you know, it's not – you're going to jump in and you're going to, you know, play 40 minutes right away and sort of be, be all and end all. It's a team construct. And obviously it's really worked well for you. You've had you're the only coach, by the way, who can boast back-to-back top five picks in the NBA. So congrats on that. That's amazing between Scotty and Patrick Williams, but with a guy like Scotty, what is it about him that you think made him uh, like ready and, and on board for that sort of team construct? You know, he goes to Montverde. He is, such a highly touted prospect and he's willing to step in, come off the bench and, and, you know, win ACC six man of the year. Is there something about his makeup, the way he's kind of wired that made him specifically suited to your program? Well, at, at Mount Verde, they spread the wealth. I think the man had mm-hmm. three guys off that team was in the, in the, in the draft <laughs> and they have them every year. So he was adjusted. He was comfortable with sharing the ball and sharing playing time because they had great players. Uh, mm-hmm. Scotty came off the bench not because that was a a, a, a strategy of ours. He turned his ankle, and, yep. and he tweaked his groin, and we wanted him to be real warm when he came in the game. Sure, so sure. He, he, he started the first nine games, but the last 18 games, uh, uh, it, we thought it was best for him to get on the bicycle for two minutes to really right. make sure he was warm so he could finish the season because when you tweak a, a groin, sometimes that's a challenging uh, uh, um, muscle to 
to to to recover from. Uh, I want to get that straight. But but he still plays starters minutes. I think he might have yep. played 27 minutes a game. And that's that's pretty high when you're playing a 10 ro- uh, a ten man rotation. Very sure. similar to uh, what they do in the NBA. I, I think it's probably more uh, uh, like the NBA because, you know, they have a set rotation. Uh, I, I'm not quite, you know, that liberal, but but I also think that that's similar. So he'll adjust to uh, the rotation. But more than anything, his mindset is – let me get on the court and try to do what it takes to win. So stat stuff. So like I said, like I said earlier, he's gonna defend. He's gonna get to do the dirty work. He's gonna dive on the floor. He's gonna contest shots. He's gonna rebound. He's gonna push it. He's gonna he's gonna try to make good decisions. When he learns the system, he'll adjust mm-hmm. and get better and better as he figures out you know how Coach Nurse wants him to play. And by the way, he's done an outstanding job. Yeah, I'm curious about what you think of the fit with the Raptors. You know, they're when you think about the teams that were in the lottery this year, you know, most of them are kind of there every year. The Raptors are there once, and you don't think they're going to be back regularly. It was kind of a weird season with them, with COVID and Tampa Bay. And they play a very sort of aggressive style of defense. They have a long track record of developing guys. It seems like they have this vision of having an entire roster's worth of six foot nine guys, which is kind of fun. They got their mad scientist caps on a bit. What do you think of the fit of Scotty in Toronto in particular? Well, I've listened to uh, Coach Nurse on on several uh, media outlets, and he he likes to switch one through five. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes that's challenging when you have, uh, a bigger, slower five man that maybe might not be able to contain a point guard. Well, Scott is suited for that. That's what that's what we do. We switch one through five, and I think that's in in, in the day's game with ball screens and ball reversals. You have to have guys who can defend more than one position. Where at six nine, two hundred twenty five, thirty pounds, as athletic as he is, he's quick enough to contain small guys, but he's also uh, strong enough to play inside. So I think that fits. Uh, I, there's no doubt that he's a good ball handler, a good pass, a good decision maker. But mm-hmm. sometimes it takes you a while to become a good decision maker until you learn a system. So you never learn how, you know, what the coach needs and what the team needs for you to be successful. But I think that his energy, all those other intangible things, he, he, he'll bring to the table. Similar to, I think, the adjustment that a kid like Terrence Mann has, has made to the NBA. Uh, he's a pass first guy. He only averaged 11 points a game. Uh, at Florida State, and gosh, he goes in the NBA game and scores 35, 36 points. I mean, that just shows that we, you know, that that learning and playing and being complete and all those other intangible things will, uh, will is what you needed. And I also think that his shooting will come around to the point where people are going to find that he'll knock down those jump shots. Hi, it's the Monday version of Sean here, uh, intervening from the Friday version of Sean talking to Leonard Hamilton to bring you a little bit of information about our friends over at rockauto.com before we get back to the chat with Leonard. Rockauto.com is amazing. They are a wonderful place to go. For me, I'm a terrible person. I don't know anything about cars. I don't know what goes into what. I don't even know how to boost my car. I would be absolutely lost if my car stalled out somewhere on the highway because I have no idea what I'm doing. But rockauto.com is here for people who know about cars, who don't know about cars, and everyone in between, and they're saving you money. You know, you could save 30, 50, even 100% off the parts you would pay money for at a regular chain store. For example, the Honda Odyssey fuel pump is like 353 bucks on average from a chain store. RockAuto.com is selling it for $216. That is an incredible savings. You should be going to RockAuto.com 
for all of the car parts you need and no longer being at the mercy of the mechanic. They are The prices are reliably low for every customer and their website is so easy to use that I can use it. That is telling you something because I know nothing about cars and also not very good at navigating new websites. I'm not so good at it. It's taken me a while to edit this podcast together, for example, as I do it for the first time, but that's okay. Rock Auto is here to make it easy for you. And of course, they are going to offer you all the selection, pricing, and choice that you want, that there's like endless options. It's not just one option that mechanic that the mechanic is going to offer you for your part. They're going to have three, four, five different choices from different brands, different specifications, and of course, the prices that you want to choose. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on there. How'd you hear about us, Buck? So they know that we sent you as well. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar, who are making the best tasting protein bars money can buy. They're so good, and they have wonderful flavors for you to try. Nine flavors in their regular lineup, to be exact. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, and German Chocolate Mint Brownie is my favorite. But if you don't know what your favorite is, you can order up a mixed box, get two of each of the nine flavors, and then choose for yourself which one you want to order a full box of, or perhaps a crate, perhaps a full truck's worth. I'm not here to judge. Built Bars are good. You might want an endless supply, and you'd be totally justified in wanting them because they're really great tasting and also healthy for you too. 17 to 18 grams of protein in the average bar, calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories. That's not a lot on either end of the spectrum. Only four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all good for you. And Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. They're very good at track and field. Is it because they eat Built Bars? I don't know if you can say that, but could be so why not why don't you try get go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 and get 15 off your order and that is the promo code locked 15 for 15 off at built.com at some point i will eat a built bar on this podcast in video form all right let's get back to it now my chat with leonard hamilton rounding things out as we dig into scotty barnes as he heads into his nba career and what leonard hamilton envisions for him also does leonard hamilton like toronto we get to that to close out the show as well yeah, that's been sort of the thing the Raptors have banked on a lot is drafting guys who are sort of wired to compete and improve and put in the work to develop. And, you know, there's no secret that Scotty's three three point shots got to come, you know, a ways here. And, you know, I think we're seeing some sort of fits and starts in summer league, but you know, you can see that the vision is very much there and you can see that the like determination is very much there. He's out there howling after hitting threes and screaming at the bench. Like it's a really fun type of guy to watch the intensity that he brings. Uh, do you think that's sort of, you know, why the Raptors ended up making the bet on Scotty Barnes? It's a big bet. It's the fourth overall pick, but the personality wise, do you think he's going to be the kind of guy who is very much committed to that player development that the Raptors are so known for? Well, I think when you look around the league, um, most of the teams that have ownership, management, and coaching connected, where they emphasize high character, unselfish spirit, I, I think that's what the, the Raptors are all about. And I think you can just bet that they're going to get better every year. They're going to represent the city, the wonderful city of Toronto, uh, in a fine fashion. And, and, and I, I think right now they, they are moving in the right direction. And when you look back at the the Miami Heat, the L.A. Lakers, the the uh, the Boston Celtics, those teams have been successful for uh, years and years and years. The stability of the franchise, the ownership, the the, the administration, uh, the front office, now the coaching staff, and then the players that seem like they have a certain way about them. And it looks like 
the, to run, the Raptors are moving in that direction. It's not a matter of whether they're going to be successful. It, it's just uh, it's just how fast they're going to get there. So let me say, let's go back a little bit here to when you're recruiting Scotty. Uh, I'm always really fascinated to hear about the first time you see a player play. Do you remember the first time you saw Scotty? Do you remember what made you think, okay, that's a guy we need on our team? Well, Scotty is a long, lean, superior athletic guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I like those kinds of guys. Versatility is what I like. Uh, It looks like that's a pretty good match with what. Toronto's doing uh, mm-hmm. guys who are past first guys with unselfish spirit, high, high character, tremendous amount of energy. Uh, I think skill development is very important. And you get those other intangible things you can work on and develop those skills, especially when you have a high character person who's willing to work. Sure. Uh, first, when I first saw Scotty, I just saw all those intangible things that I mm-hmm. felt that would would, would, would would help us be successful. And I thought we were, we were good for each other. Uh, he's a naturally unselfish spirit guy. And in this day and time where there's so much emphasis put on, on statistics that get your name in the paper, you know, shooting threes and scoring points, uh, he seemed to be the guy who always just wanted to figure out how, what, what I do I need to do to make sure we win. And, and his enthusiasm for the game and love of the game, I, I hope that he's able to maintain that. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes with maybe older, more matured uh, NBA guys who play in, 72, 80 games a year, sometimes, you know, that, that level of enthusiasm, sometimes you, you don't see as much. Man. And I'm hoping that he can maintain that spirit, this refreshing mm-hmm. to see a guy who's, who, who's not afraid to express emotions. And, and I think he, that's, he brings that unique mindset uh, to the Raptors. Yeah, I'm wondering, you know, this would have been a challenging season, obviously, for everybody going through COVID and the protocols and things like that, sort of an abbreviated run. I'm curious, do you have any sort of behind the scenes stories of Scotty kind of being that sort of leader type on the team? And was there an instance, you know, a practice or something like that, a game where he kind of, you know, was the guy who kind of got things recentered? Do you have any good Scotty Barnes leadership tales? Well, a couple of things. Number one, he stayed in school and finished every one of his classes and made good grades even sure. though he, he he realized that, that he was going to go put his name in the draft, which is unique in this day mm-hmm. and time. Most kids drop out, they get him a workout guy, and they move to Santa Barbara or Miami or someplace where they, they, they're working out with somebody who uh, they think that is better suited for what the, the NBA, the NBA workout, so to speak, uh, sure. which says a lot about his character and his discipline and what it's about as an individual. Uh, there, but there have been times when we have a, we're on the road and we're traveling and we have a breakfast, well, Scotty will come in the room and hug every player on the team, dap <laughs> every coach before he sets down. I mean, that's, that, that's, I mean, that's unusual for a guy at eight o'clock in the morning, but we're getting ready to have breakfast and he, he's dapping everyone, his teammates and the managers and everybody else before he sets down to eat breakfast. I think that's the kind of person you're getting. Uh, he, he comes into practice clapping his hands, you know, let's go, you know. Uh, and even while we are shooting in the layup drills, he's high-fiving everybody. And that's just the way he is. And that's mm-hmm. refreshing when you see a, a player who's who who uh, not only is unselfish as a player, but he's unselfish with, with spirit and enthusiasm. And I just hope that that doesn't get suppressed. Yeah, whenever I think about 
the sort of slog that is the NBA season. And, you know, this past Raptors season in particular was tough because it was a slog also out of their own country where they were playing. You know, I, I always think about, man, there must be like some guys who kind of help make this fresh and keep this moving along and keep this fun. And Scotty really does seem like the type who's kind of kind of brightened up those January nights when you're playing in Milwaukee. And, you know, you feel like, eh, did we really leave at the hotel room tonight? Um, it seems like Scotty's going to be really equipped for that. We, so we're talking this morning after his third summer league game last night uh, for the Raptors uh, against the Houston Rockets. He had five blocks in the game. You know, it was a, a starting stop and start offensive game for him. He pick, picked up an ankle injury in the second quarter and missed some time, came back just for the half. Um, but the defense is just so undeniable with him. I'm curious if you can kind of let us into what makes him such a good defender. You know, it doesn't seem like it's just that he's six foot nine and long and huge. There does seem to be some really serious defensive instincts baked in there as well. Well, I, I can't, I can't, I use the term stat stuffer. Yeah. Um, he's going to, he's going to get steals, deflections, and a lot of things that a guy with his physical attributes bring to the game is sometimes unnoticed. <clears throat> he has a seven, two, seven, three wingspan. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you, you, you're dribbling the ball and you want to make the pass to someone in the corner. And all of a sudden you get a seven, three wingspan goes up with his hands who shuts down passing lanes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're getting ready to make a pass to a guy and you get a guy who just extends his arm and where you can't make a chest direct pass to a guy who's coming off a cut. Uh, he, so now he has to throw the ball three feet farther than what he would have caught it with just the mere fact that he's taking his hand and putting it out. The fact sure. that when you're shooting a jump shot and he, he'll come from 10 feet and contest the shot, you know, with a long arm and an athletic effort. Uh, those things you don't really notice when, when, you, when you're watching the game, and those are things that don't show up in, 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 in the, in the uh, statistical column. And what you're going to find when the game's on the line, his burst of speed is going to be a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big rebound that you got to have, he'll be able to go get it because of the enthusiasm and the effort and the mindset he has. But but I think sometimes what happens in the NBA, you forget that you got a guy who's a one-year player in college, he's mm-hmm. 19 years old, and you're comparing him with what you see 26, 27, 28-year-old guys do on a regular basis. And sometimes you forget that it's a process that you have mm-hmm. to go through. And, and what people don't understand is we all want to make progress, but no one really wants to go through the process. And when you respect the process, there's learning, there's developing, there's confidence, and, and that's in the process. And you got to go through that process in order to toughen up and, and make mistakes and learn from them and grow. And I think he's going to go through the process, but he's going to go through it with energy and effort and enthusiasm. And then you'll see the progress he makes at the end. You'll finish the finished product. He's 19 years old. He's just learning the game. He's just adjusting. And if we can be patient with, with a guy like that, the, all the intangibles are there. He'll improve his decision-making. He'll improve uh, his jump shooting. Uh, he got to speed it up a little bit, but that's going to be fine. And then the finished product, I think we, you're all going to be pleased with. Yeah, I'm. Uh, for me, the thing that I always look for in a player is like, does he have like a good basketball sense and kind of understand how to play the game? And that's pretty clear from day one with Scotty. And I also just love... 
I have no idea what position he's going to play. And I don't think it matters. Like he started off, he took the opening tip in the first summer league game and then ran the first possession as a point guard. Do you have any sort of inkling as to what Scotty Barnes's position is, or should we just throw the whole idea of positions with Scotty at the window? Well, there's no doubt that he's a positionless player. And I mm-hmm. think that's what the league is moving toward. I like the ball in his hands in transitions because he can always was a threat to take the ball to the basket. He's always has great vision and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, he passes the ball. Uh, I, I, I am one who ever gets the rebound. That's my point guard for that <laughs> possession. I, yeah. I think that the break starts quicker and faster, but that's the system uh, that he'll just have to adjust to whatever coach nurse want, want, wants him to do. I just think there's more difficult to know where the defense, the, the know where the offensive player is uh, if he's in, if he's uh, has a variety of ways mm-hmm. he initiate the offense. So I love whoever gets the rebound, push it, and I like to initiate the offense. But that's Florida State system. I'm not sure. real sure that that works well uh, for the NBA. I, I, I like him filling lanes. I love him pushing the ball. Uh, I, I think that he'll adjust to whatever Coach Nurse wants him to do. Yeah, and I mean, the Raptors have been really dependent on their transition game in the past, and they've done that before, where, you know, Pascal Siakam will grab the rebound and he'll be the one bringing it up the floor. Same with OG Ananobi. I'd expect we'll see that quite a bit with Scotty Barnes. I'll let you go with this, Leonard. The Obviously, the borders are still closed or whatever, and we don't know what's going to happen, but it sounds like the Raptors will be playing back in Toronto. Have you been to Toronto before? Are you going to come up and see Scotty at some point? <laughs> I, I, I want to go on the record. I love Toronto. There you go. Pandering to <laughs> the I, audience. I love, love spending it. <laughs> time up there. You know, I, I love staying downtown. The last mm-hmm. time I was there, um, see, I have I have history with Messiah. Uh, yeah. uh, Dwayne Casey, I recruited in Kentucky. Sure. Uh, I, I love the way it's, I love the, uh, the uh, atmosphere, the, the outdoor venue, uh, <laughs> the enthusiasm of the city and how it relates. I have friends in Toronto, and I'm looking forward to coming up and spending some time uh, when I get a break, which you know, obviously is going to have to be early in the year. I'm going to try to sneak in there and enjoy <laughs> a little of the, the Toronto Raptors atmosphere. Well, we'll have to get you back on and talk about Dwayne Casey's stories because that's a whole other thing we could get into because uh, <laughs> Dwayne Casey holds a special place up here. But I take it far too much of your time. Leonard, thank you so much for taking the time today to talk about Scotty Barnes. All the best this coming season. And, uh, you know, I, I guess we'll be talking to you again when you have another top five pick of the draft, surely this coming year. Well, we have we have some pretty good players. We might not be all <laughs> top five picks, but we have some NBA prospects. So won't you come down and hang out with us a little bit and, and get to know <laughs> us a little bit as well, okay? As soon as the border's open, absolutely I'm down there. Thanks so much, Leonard. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.